In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who came to bring us life so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when I was in high school, I worked as a lifeguard and pretty much whatever they needed me for at my local South City St. Louis YMCA. I was essentially an indentured servant. I lived at that place. I would get out of school, I would take the bus over to the Y, and I would stay there until usually it got dark. And sometimes even a little bit after it got dark. And while I was there, I would work there doing different things. And I would even work there over my summers. And so I got to know the South City YMCA fairly well. But I got to learn a lot of the things about the South City YMCA by accidents and mistakes. And one of those accidents and mistakes was something that I was doing when I was a lifeguard. And I had to mop up the deck of the pool when things were slow. And this was a summer morning, and so there weren't that many people that would come in on a morning in the summer. Usually in the middle of the day we would have this time where all we did was clean up the pool, and it was horrible. And so, you can tell how much I really looked forward to cleaning up the deck of this pool. And one of the things that I had to do was I had to go over to the custodian closet. And in the custodian closet, I had to pull out the mop and the mop bucket so that I can mop up the side of this pool, this deck. And I went into this custodian closet thinking that everything was going to be okay. And I opened up the door and there I grabbed the mop. And the mop, actually one of the little strings on it was wrapped around a screw or a nail or something. And I started pulling on it and it didn't seem like it was coming. And so I decided that I would step all the way into the closet and that's when the door slammed behind me. And that's where I learned something very interesting about that custodian closet. There was no handle on the inside. And like I told you, there was pretty much nobody around on those summer mornings. And so I was trapped in this custodian closet. And so the first thing that I tried to do was I tried to sort of just bump the door, see if it would go... And it wouldn't. And then I began to bang on the door, hoping that somebody out there would hear me. But the front desk was like miles away. And they couldn't hear me. So my best chance was that if somebody was going to just walk around, maybe they might hear me. But I knew that I would just be wasting my time if I did that the whole while. And so I would take about, you know, three-minute breaks, kind of look around in the supply closet, read some really big words that only a chemical engineer could understand, and then I'd say, oh, it's about that time, and I'd go to banging on the door and yelling, hey, I'm in here, and nobody would come, and so then I'd go back and I'd find something else in that closet that I found kind of interesting, and I would look at that for a little while, and then, well, three minutes would come up, and then I'd go and bang on the door again, and I'd yell, and then all of a sudden, Ray Rainwater, the custodian, came in. And he came by, 
And he opened up the door. And he asked me how long I had been in there, and I said, well, I don't know, probably about 15 minutes. It seemed like it had been a lot longer than that. But given the fact that I knew that I was taking about three minutes of break and then banging on the door for a while, I could kind of guesstimate how long I had been in there. And it hadn't been very much fun to be in there. In fact, when I got out, I decided that this was the greatest day I had ever had. Because I wasn't trapped in a custodian's closet anymore. I knew this new sense of freedom. I loved mopping that day. It was great. Because I knew that I was free. You see, have you ever locked yourself out of something that you wanted to get into? You probably went through kind of the same sort of stuff that I did. You probably found yourself locked out of your room or locked out of your car or locked out of something else. And you probably went through a few different things. You probably started off just kind of staring at the door handle in disbelief and saying, Oh, oh, how did this happen? And then you kind of roll through the tape in your head and you go, Okay, that's exactly how that happened. I'm an idiot. And if you're looking into your car, you probably see your keys just kind of jangling there, taunting you. And then you start thinking to yourself, okay, now how how do I get in there? And you start to think about all of the different ways that you might be able to get in there. And you start thinking, wow, it's really a shame that I didn't take that locksmithing course. Because I really want to get into this locked door now. And then usually you do this thing that doesn't make any sense in the world, but everybody does it. You think to yourself, well, maybe if I just try the handle one more time, and I jiggle it just enough, just right, that maybe it'll open and it never does. You're locked out. And that's a little bit better than being locked in. Because you can at least go out and you can go and you can... You know, figure out something to do for 15 minutes while somebody brings a key to you. Or you can go and you can actually go to the place where you have that spare key hid. And you can pick it up. But either or, they're both pretty frustrating, aren't they? Being locked in, if you've ever been locked into some place, you know what that feeling's like. It's frustrating. And being locked out, that's just as frustrating sometimes. Because you want to get into there. Well, Jesus this morning, he's talking to a bunch of people and he's trying to tell them about who he is in the Gospel of John here. And he's trying to explain to them what his being is all about. Why he's come to this world in the first place. Why he has come here so that he might teach us so that he might die on a cross and so that he might raise again. And he's trying to explain that to people that haven't seen him die on the cross yet and haven't seen him raise again. And so he's trying to explain this using some metaphors that they probably know. So he starts using something that's pretty common around them, shepherd and sheep. Now, we don't really know shepherd and sheep, really. For uh, his audience, if he was preaching that same sermon today, he might use something like uh, students and professors or people that work in government and being laid off. But he's using 
the shepherd and sheep analogy. And he says, well, first of all, he starts saying, well, I am the good shepherd. Anybody else who tries to come in, they're going to be bad because they're not going to come through the gate. But I am the good shepherd. I'm here to watch out after the sheep. And then it's like the people don't really get it. The disciples don't really understand. And he says, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to do something that I'm not supposed to do. I'm going to mix my metaphors. And so now I'm the gate. And they're like, but you were just the shepherd. And he says, yeah, forget about that. Now I'm the gate. Now I'm the thing that lets you in. And I'm the one who lets you out. Now I'm the one who lets you into this life with Him. And He's the one who lets you out into the world free and renewed. That's what our Christian story is all about. It's that going in and out. It's not just going in into the sheepfold, but it's the actual process of going in and out of that sheepfold. Because there's two things that we so want as, well, being these people that Jesus describes as, well, pretty dumb animals, to be quite serious. Sheep. Sheep want about two things in life. And they're both at odds with each other, and so they have to take turns. Sheep, first of all, they want security. Sheep know that they're vulnerable. They know that they need to get away from danger. They know that they need to get into that sheepfold at certain times because outside there are things that can really hurt them. And you know that that's true about this life too. Sometimes you run to Jesus because you know that there are things outside that can really hurt you, that can really do damage to you, and you want to get away from them. You cry out to God, protect me from this. And even sometimes you cry out to God, protect me from myself. Protect me from the sins that other people want to do against me, and protect me from the sins that I will do that will end up harming me. And Jesus says to the gate, says, come on in. You're safe. Of course, sheep want something else, too. Sheep don't really like being in the pen for very long at all. In fact, once they're in there for a little while, they start going bad, and they start wanting to get out. And that's something that we want, too, isn't it? We want that sense of freedom. We want to be able to get out there and to be able to strike out on our own. And to experience that freedom that all of us crave so deeply. And so Jesus says, okay, you've been fed. You've been nourished. There you go. Head on out. And the reason that He can say that is that He's giving you this abundant life that transcends anything that we know of in this world. You see, from experience, we know that Jesus, even when He's keeping us safe, He doesn't keep us safe from everything. He allows us to go through some pain. He allows us to go through some hardship. He allows there to be difficulty. He allows there to be failure. And He says, I'm going to allow these things in your life so that it becomes even clearer to you 
how safe you really are. You see, as sheep, sometimes we're, usually we're always running to the wrong thing. When we should be running to freedom, we instead run to safety. And when we should be running to safety, we go, Woohoo! Look at me, I'm free! And Jesus reorders that in our lives. Jesus says, You're running after safety when you should be running after freedom. And you're running after freedom when you should be running after safety. But that's alright because I am going to give you something different. I'm going to give you a freedom that doesn't have anything to do with what you think safe is all about. I'm going to give you a life that nobody can touch. I'm going to give you a life that is eternal. A life that will go on forever. I'm going to give you a life that is full of joy and peace and hope. And people can beat you up. And people can tell you that you're ugly. And people can tell you that you're worthless. And people can go and they can do all sorts of horrible things to you. But you will know that you have more to you than just those things. You will know that you have an abundant life. A life that follows Jesus in faith. Because after all, who wants eternal life if it's boring? Who wants eternal life if all you're doing is sitting on a cloud with a halo on top of your head playing a harp? I don't. But if it's an abundant life, if it's a life that is full of all of the greatest things in the world, because Jesus has come into this world and He has forgiven you of your sins, those sins of when you were running to safety, when you should have been enacting on your freedom, and those sins when you should have been acting as free, but you started running for safety. He forgives you of those sins. And in their place, gives you abundant life. Not just in heaven, not just in the resurrection, but right now. And lasting forever. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Please rest.